Alrighty, uh, my name is Mickey. If I haven't met you before, I'm so glad to be here opening God's Word with you tonight. And um, this term, we are doing a um, topical series called Asking for a Friend. Big questions you're too afraid to ask. And so tonight's family, I've got some slides up here behind me, is how should I relate to my family? Now this is a, quite a heavy topic. I'm well aware of that. And sitting in this room here tonight, I know there's a bunch of different uh, families, a bunch of different shapes and sizes of families, and it's different for each one of you. Um, Some of you here in the room tonight, you don't live with your biological family. Some of you are adopted. Some of you uh, live with parents who are divorced, and so some days of the week and some weeks of the month you're with one family, and then other times you're living with another family. Some of you have broken relationships within your family. Um, Some of you live with different relatives. And for those of you guys who are in the room tonight, um, I just want to acknowledge you. I want you to know that we see you and we care about you. And what you've been through or are currently going through is not your fault. We love you, we care about you, and we hope that Restore and Richmond Anglican Church um, and the people here can be like a family to you when your family is really hard. And so if at any point tonight during the stuff that we're talking about, things just get a little bit much and overwhelming for you, um, I want to give you full permission tonight, if you just want to pop out the back, get some fresh air, get a glass of water, there'll be some leaders who are just hanging around, but I want to give you guys that option, um, just if things are getting a little bit too much. So... Um, Kate already prayed, but I would love um, to pray again just as we get into this topic. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much um, that you love us, that you care for us, that you provide for us. And so tonight I pray um, for those of us who need encouragement, you give encouragement. For those who need comfort, you give comfort. And for those who need rebuke or challenge, that you would give those things. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So if we look at some of the stories about families in the Bible, we'll realize pretty quickly that there are messy families in the Bible. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, it's comforting that there's messy families in the Bible because I'd be a little bit suspicious if every family in the Bible was perfect and they never argued and nothing ever went wrong. And so it confirms to me that the Bible is true. So what is God's answer in the Bible to how do I relate to my family? Should you be like Mary and Martha? Martha um, got annoyed at her sister for not helping out around the house and cook dinner because Jesus was coming to to town. And then she complained about it to Jesus. You probably shouldn't do that. Or my personal favorite, here's something to do next time you get annoyed at your brother or sister, especially a brother, Should you chuck them in a well, in a hole in the ground, steal their clothes, put goat's blood on those clothes, fake their death to your parents, lie about that to your parents, and then sell your brother into slavery? No. (laughs) That's what Joseph's brothers did to him. And that is how not to relate to your family. That's pretty clear. My argument tonight from the passages that we're going to look at is this big idea on the next slide that we should relate to our families with the love that comes from being known, secure, and accepted as a son or daughter of God. So I think one of the most obvious places that we could go to, right, is the Ten Commandments. 
they say, honour your mother and father. But I'm actually going to take us to Ephesians 6 because Paul takes the fifth commandment and he actually commands us to honour our fathers and mothers, but then he expands upon it. So let's have a look at Ephesians chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Children specifically are told to obey their parents and all people are commanded to honour their fathers and mothers. Now, I've got a pretty good relationship with my parents right now. Um, I'm not perfect though. I don't always honour them, as the passage says, Um, particularly in my teenage years. It might surprise you guys. I'm a little bit dramatic. Maybe not for some of you. Um, And I have this key fault that I have, key problem, and that's that I like to have the last word in an argument. Anyone else have that problem? Thank you, thank you. It's not just me. And I remember one particularly heated argument I had with my parents where I stormed out of the room and I slammed my bedroom door as hard as I humanly could. I went slam and I'm sulking around my room and I'm figuring out to do and how I can get back at them. And my dad from the next room comes to the front where my doorway was and he has a screwdriver and he slowly unhinges the door while I'm watching. And he takes the door off its hinges, puts it in the next room. And I'm like, right, they're not going to win this. How can I get back at them? What am I going to do? I've got to come up with a plan. So, so I look around my room. I'm looking this way. What can I do? What can I do? And I see my CD player. Now, you guys may not know what that is because Spotify didn't exist when I was young. I'm so old. But I took my CD player, and I can't remember if I put the radio on or I put my Taylor Swift CD in, but I put my Taylor Swift CD, we'll go with that, and I blared that thing so loud at the top volume, so it was blaring through my doorway into the rest of the house. And then my parents took that, and that was the end of the story. (laughs) Now, that is how you do not honour your father and mother, and that is how you disobey them, so don't do what I did. But these verses that we have on the screen, they call us to obey and honour our parents or the people who raise us. Now, notice that it says to honour them or to obey your parents in the Lord, in the Lord. Now, that means that we should obey our parents and listen to them when they are telling us to do the things that God would want us to do. Um, So, it's listening to them and doing what they say when it's the same same as what God would say. So that means you're not called to obey parents if they're asking you to do things that go against God's will. So say, for example, um, you're not called to obey the parents who are violent or or who harm you. You're not called to obey them in that situation. Now, I know for some of you here in this room, you don't have a relationship maybe with your mum or your dad due to some brokenness, due to some separation, maybe even death. And so you might be thinking in your head, how can I honour my parents? And I'll come to that in just a second. But firstly, we'll unpack what does it mean to honour on the next slide. So to honour someone means to show respect, to show value to them. It means that you honour them with your lips and with your actions, the things you say and the things you do. Now, in the Old Testament, God's people were actually commanded to stand up 
in the presence of elderly people to show them respect and honour. But today that could look like a bunch of different things. It could be listening to someone, encouraging them, praying for them. And a way to dishonour them would be to lie to them, to ignore them, to talk badly about them. Now the interesting thing about scripture is that it doesn't just command us to honour family and to honour fathers and mothers, but it commands God's people to honour everyone. So Romans 12 and 1 Peter 2 tell us that. We're called to honour people in leadership, in church leadership. We're called to honour people in the government and who are rulers. We're called to honour everyone. But God does give us a particular command to honour the people who raise us. And if your family doesn't look the same as other people's, then it means to honour the people who are treating you and acting like a father or mother. So that might be a grandparent, a teacher, a pastor, a mentor. And why are we to honour? Backslide, back one slide, back the other way. The honour slide, is it there? Yeah, beautiful. Why are we to honour? Well, the original Ten Commandments in those, God said that they were to honour um, their father and mother so that they would live long in, the, in their land, the promised land. And then Paul then applies this principle in the New Testament. And he says, in the next verse, that you should honour your father and mother so that it may go well with you and you may enjoy long life on the earth. Now that's Bible language for you'll be less likely to make stupid decisions. If you listen to your parents, it will go well with you. You'll be less likely to make stupid decisions and you'll be more likely to escape from a lot of sin and danger. Now, the Ten Commandments were also designed to set God's people apart from the culture around them. And so today, honouring the people who raise us is actually a way to set us apart from the world and to be witnesses of God's beautiful way of life in the world. Christians are also called to honour people because um, every person is made in the image of God. Non-Christian, Christian. We're all made in the image of God, which means we have value which means we have value. And so when we honour people, we're actually honouring God. Now, for most people in this room, for most of you guys, listening to your parents or the people who are raising you will save you from a lot of sin and danger. But for some of you, it's a little bit different. For some of you, you can't honour or obey your parents because of the parents' poor choices because of the parents' suffering or because of their illness. If that's you, this is going to be a really tough topic. I know there's a lot of pain and grief and heartache in this room. You might be thinking, how can I honour my parents when they didn't or can't take care of me? How do I honour my parents who don't want to know me? How do I honour my parents who aren't around anymore? And I wish I could give you a simple three-step process to deal that, deal with that. But I can't. If you're struggling with this, I recommend you talk to a leader, pull them aside during small groups or supper and have a chat more, a little bit more. But one biblical principle to think about um, is Romans. So we'll go to Romans 12. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. Live at peace with everyone. So if you're not safe in your home, if your home is a place where there's really tough things going on, 
Honouring your family in that situation means telling a trusted adult about it, telling someone. It means that you don't submit to harm, you don't submit to violence because it's wrong and it's horrible and it's not okay. And so you actually honour your parents in that situation by telling trusted adults about it. Now for the parents who aren't abusive or violent but who are living in ungodly ways or have unhealthy patterns, we honour them where it is appropriate by encouraging them to do what is right. We honour them by having boundaries that we need to have in place. We honour them by being godly ourselves and we honour them by forgiving. Where you are safe, where you are not at risk, as much as possible, try to live the way that Romans says. Live at peace with everyone. But that doesn't mean you ever submit to violence or abuse. Now, God does not call us to take revenge, but to leave perfect and good justice to him. Holding a grudge will only hurt you and build up bitterness and resentment in your heart. Now, God gets messy families. We see that all throughout scripture. The Bible is filled with messy families. But in the midst of that, God gives us hope. In the midst of the mess, God gives us a gospel hope to cling to when our families are hard to love. And theologians call it the doctrine of adoption. It's on the next slide. The doctrine of adoption is the reality that by God's grace, through Jesus, we become his loved children and we get the benefits and responsibilities of being his children. Now, if you've been at Restore for any length of time or you've been a part of church, you will have heard us talk about Jesus dying for us to save us from the punishment of sin and death and God's wrath and give us forgiveness. Now, that's true, but it's not the only way that the Bible describes the blessings we get from relationship with Jesus. Adoption is another way to think about it. In the Old Testament, God's people, there's this emphasis on um, God's holiness, that the people had to be separate from God. You remember that the priests had to wash themselves before they came into God's presence. No one could be in the actual presence without the priest or they would die, right? But in the New Testament, we get a different view and a different emphasis on God. His love shining through. In the New Testament, because of what Jesus did on the cross, uh, Christians can come to God as their father, as a loving father. That didn't really exist in the Old Testament there because there was this distance. In the New Testament, we can come close. Now back to this doctrine of adoption. If someone adopts a child, they're usually doing it out of their kindness, out of their love. They don't have to do it but they're choosing to. And it's the same with us. God chose to bring us into his family. We did nothing to make him want to do that. And I know that some of you have some really tricky relationships with your dads. And I think sometimes that, that can make, us hard, make it hard to think about God as our father. But I hope these last three truths will just wash over you with grace and give you a new way to look at things. So I'm going to share with you three blessings that are available to you as a child of God. And the first one is that we have access to our Father. We can have 
a personal and close relationship to God. The God who is the supreme ruler of the world, the God who is our redeemer, who is our magnificent creator. He spoke the world into existence. He is eternal. The God who knows what's best, the God who knows everything we do. And the beauty of adoption is that we can know that great God personally and intimately. Galatians chapter 4, our next passage says, But when the set time had come, that means that God's eternal. God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, through the miracle of the virgin birth, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship and daughtership. And listen to this. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. When we are adopted into God's family, we have an intimate relationship with God. We can treat him like a dad. We can cry out to him like a dad. We can go to him for encouragement and hope and guidance and we can find belonging. Imagine, just imagine, a a great and powerful king who throughout the day is going into battle and commanding his armies and directing his servants and sending his enemies to prison. The only person who would dare to wake up the great and powerful king is his daughter in the middle of the night when she's scared and she wants a cuddle because she's had a nightmare. It's the same with us. We don't have to be scared to come to our powerful king because we have the confidence that God cares about us like a father. So the second thing we have is assurance with a father's love. We're going to have three A's tonight. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. As God's children, we can always be assured that he will love us. He will never forsake us. He will never leave us lonely. We will always be secure because that's what a perfect dad will do. And the last thing we get is accepted into the Father's family. The beautiful thing about the gospel is that we have a new and bigger spiritual family. There's this story in the gospels about Jesus doing some teaching and some ministry to the crowds. And he's in this house and some people come from outside the house and they say, hey Jesus, your mom and your brothers are outside. And Jesus says, no they're not, they're right here. And he's pointing at the fact that if you trust in Jesus, your family are the other children of God, not just your biological family. You have an eternal family, a forever family, a more powerful family that will change more people in this world and save more souls and do more of the work of God. So when we are adopted as God's children, by putting our trust in Jesus, we get these three things. We get access to the Father. We get assurance of his love and we get acceptance into the Father's family, a family that crosses every country, every border, every nation. And if we know these three things and we have confidence in them, then only then are we able to love our families. If our identity is in these things, if we know we're secure and adopted as children of God, then we're able to love our families and relate to them in healthy ways. 
Spirit will help us do that. Just to finish up now, one of my favourite passages in Scripture um, talks about, it's, uh, it's this parable about a son. And this son makes some bad mistakes. He rejects his father. He leaves home. He goes and lives it up and he parties and he uses all of the money that the father gave him. And this son represents us without Jesus. Without Jesus, when we sin, we're choosing another way. We're choosing another life. We're choosing to live for ourselves. And so this son, he runs out of money and he has nowhere else to go. And so he starts making his way home. He's embarrassed. He's ashamed. He's humiliated. The passage says, while he's still a long way off, the father sees him. And he runs to him and he has compassion on him and he hugs him and he kisses him and he welcomes him home. It's a beautiful picture of what God is to us as a father. God is a good father. He is the father to the fatherless, scripture says. He sets the lonely in families. He gives us a spiritual family far greater and more blessed than our earthly families ever will be. So circling back to the beginning, the question we started was, um, this question we started with was how do we relate to our families? Well, we honour our parents or the people who raised us in appropriate ways and we live at peace with them. And then we love our families with a deep love that comes from being known, secure, accepted and adopted as children.